And what time is it? Amen. What time is it, Mr. Wolf? We were saying that coming up in the car. What time is it? Do you know what? It's important to know what time it is. Yeah. You know, it's important for us to understand what's happening right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I was in church several weeks ago and, you know, God just ministered to me just standing in the service, just standing in praise and worship, just worshiping God. And God just spoke to my heart and just said there's a definite shift in the body of Christ. And I've known that for a long time. Like, I've known that this is what's happening. Um, but just, you just God just ministered not to me again. There's a definite shift. We're going to start seeing the church going back to the Word and the Spirit. You know, people are going to go back. They're looking for the real thing. I'm telling you, people are looking for what's genuine. Yeah. There's a lot of believers. You know what? They, they can do a lot of things. But you know what? Really what we're looking for is, is that encounter with God. We're looking for where the Word changes us. Where we'll have God minister to us. Um, and thank God for the Word and the Spirit. And you know what? We're going to start seeing a lot of people going that direction. You're going to see a shift in the body of Christ. Amen. Uh, I, I believe that wall in my heart. But you know what? Um, there's opportunities that arise. And I'm telling you, now is an opportunity. You see, sometimes people look at things different. You know, sometimes people look and can look even at the world today and look at the church world and look at things after these, uh, after these lockdowns and all of that kind of stuff. Church numbers have dropped around the world. Um, and I tell you, there's been a lot of people that have left the pulpit over the last couple of years that a lot of people don't know about. A lot of people have let discouragement in. And you know, one of the reasons why is because, see, if you don't have the real thing, it doesn't stand under the pressure. It doesn't work. It doesn't work um, when the pressure's on. But I'm telling you, the Word works all the time. You can build your life on it. Jesus said you can build your house on the Word. And you know what? The storms will come, but you'll still be standing. And so we need something that's durable in our lives. So many times people look at things and they don't see opportunity. But I'm telling you, when you walk with God, you see things different. See, that's why we can't let Twitter... And, um, you know, uh, Facebook and, you know, the news channels and all of these kind of things. We can't let that be the thermometer right. for the temperature of the move of God. Because you'll get discouraged. If you look at, you see, even the church world at the minute, if you look at the church world, you could get discouraged very easy. But I'm telling you, you see, when you're, when you're plugged into God and you're drawn from the Holy Ghost, this, I'm telling you, this is exciting time. This is what we've been waiting for. Many times people miss it. You know what? Don't miss your opportunities. You know, we, we all get opportunities in life. You know, what, whatever that may be. You know what? It could be a relationship. You know what? Some people miss their opportunity. could be a, a, a job um, opportunity, but people miss it. Or a door opens up and they're, they're afraid to walk through it. Or a ministry opportunity and they, they don't take it. Now, the thing about opportunities is some opportunities, if you miss it, it's not too long till another one's round again. No, it's like the bus. Yeah. You know what, you miss it, but you know, just stay at the station and another one will come. But there's other opportunities, and the reason I'm saying this is because of where I'm going with this in a second. If you miss your opportunity in some arenas, it can take a long time for a bus to come again. So you have to know your opportunity and don't miss it. Um, when I was younger... I mean, a, a, a young lad. I, I fancied this girl that lived about eight miles away, okay? That's one a young fella. <laughs> and, I, and I heard that she liked me, and that was rare. <laughs> so, but 
She was eight mile away, and I, we were trying to figure out, me and a friend of mine, how were we going to get out to where she lived? So I told my mum I was going to a church service, because any church service, my mum would support that, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I got on a bus, okay, to go eight miles away to another, it was like a village. And I got on the bus and I went to the village. But all of the other kids, they got off the bus and went into the meeting. I went and met this girl, okay? <laughs> and I mean, I was young. I think it was about um, first year in, um, in secondary school. We had, this, uh, we had this plan, me and my friend, we had this plan that, you know what, we'll get on the bus and we'll come home. But yeah, we hadn't a clue. So we were standing on the wrong side of the road because we were talking to these girls, okay? And this was about whatever time it was at night, say it was 10 o'clock or something like that. Well, we were on the wrong side of the road and the bus just drove right past us and it was the last bus for the night. <laughs> okay. I tell you, sometimes you don't want to miss your bus. <laughs> you know, because here, and then this is no word of a lie, it was winter, okay? No buses. We're stuck out there and none of us had a penny between us. Okay, we're only kids, like. No money, uh, apart from we were getting the bus with the money for the bus, but with no money for no money for a taxi or anything like that, you know what I mean? And we couldn't phone home, we would have got a baiting. So, <laughs> so, we sort of looked at each other and said, what are we going to do? And I was fat, okay? And he was very skinny and he'd done a bit of running. So he says, well, run. I thought, oh, God, help me. I'm going to have to run home. So eight miles. They never ran as far in my life. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't run as far since. <laughs> there I coming off and puffing for eight miles on the way home. And it was winter and it was snowing and it was icy. And I'll tell you, that was, a, that was a, 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 an opportunity that I missed. I need to be on the other side of the road yeah. to get home. Well, I came home and I was absolutely freezing. Actual fact, we got, to, we got about a mile away from home, but I was coming like, as you're, <laughs> I mean, as, as you're dead. <laughs> but as we were coming past, didn't I see my, one of my primary school teacher's house? I actually went up and was banging her door. We couldn't get her down to the door. She probably thought we were trying to rob her or something. <laughs> and I seen her car and I knew I was her house. Maybe she'll kick us out the rest of the way home. That's <laughs> how desperate we were. Can you imagine going to go to your primary school teacher's house and knock up and you drive us home? But that's what we're... He, okay, he was okay. He was running like Forrest Gump. I was coming along. I could hardly move. But finally, we met, <laughs> we met, I met at home. And you know what? My mom never found out until years later whenever I was preaching and telling the story. <laughs> it's like, what the? <laughs> but you know what? Some opportunities you cannot afford to miss. Now, it doesn't mean to say that God won't bring another opportunity along. But, you know, some, there's some things in life, you know, if you miss an opportunity, you, you can, it can be a long time before it comes around again. You understand? And that we village that night, that was it for the night. And it didn't start again to the morning, but I had to run home in the freezing cold and all of those kind of things. Do you know what? When Jesus came, to, came into Jerusalem just before he went to the cross... You know, the Bible lets us know that he came in like what we call Palm Sunday. And he came in and the people accepted him. But you know, the leadership rejected him. And they missed their opportunity. You know, you think about that, they missed it. Here's what the Bible says. It says, and when they were come near. This is in Luke actually 19, verse 41. Luke 19. And verse 41, it says, and, and, and when he was come near. He beheld the city, and look at this, he wept over it. Yeah. So you see, what a picture. 
Jesus wept when he seen the, the city. I mean, his, his heart was towards the people. He loved the people. Verse 42, saying, If they had known, even now, at least in this day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thy eyes. You know, if you'd have known, if you just would have known, and it wasn't that it wasn't available for them, they just missed it. Because their finger wasn't on the pulse. For the days shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench round about thee and compass thee around and keep thee on every side. You know, and we know that, you know, the, the, the Romans came in in 70 AD and you know what, and, and things changed for the Jewish people at that time. Why? Because the leaders didn't know their opportunity. They missed it. That's powerful. And then it says here, and shall they lay even with the ground? And, and it says, and the children within are within thee. And they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another. And look, here's why. Because thou knewest not, or you didn't know the time of your visitation. You didn't know the time of your visitation. This was an opportunity for you. And you missed it. That's what he's saying. Let me tell you, I don't want to miss my opportunities in God. I don't want to be asleep whenever we're meant to be doing something great in the things of God. I don't want to be cold when I'm meant to be hot or look warm. Yes. Half in, half out. Yeah. Amen. I want to be lit for Jesus. I want to be focused. I want to have my finger on the pulse. Amen. Amen. This is not a time to be asleep. This is not a time for us to back off. This is not a time, you know, to get discouraged. This is not a time to look out to the world to see where we're meant to be. This is a time, as Adrian was sharing earlier, it's a time for us to pray. This is a time for us to stay sensitive to the things of God. It's a time for us to hear from God. This is a time for us to be plugged into the things of God. I'll tell you, this is the greatest time for the church. But you'll miss that opportunity unless you're plugged in. Don't miss it. I'm telling you, make decision this morning. You're not going to miss what God has for your life. Think of what the children of Israel would have missed out on if they had, had their, took their opportunity. Exactly. Now, thank God that God, God knows the end from the beginning. God knew what they were going to do. God didn't make their choices for them. God didn't reject. They were the ones that did it. But you know what? God was able to still work that all around for our good. And through Jesus going to the cross, bring salvation into this world. And then bring the church that will affect both Jew and Gentile. And so the Jewish people weren't abandoned. Let me tell you, God is working through his church today, which is made up of Jew and Gentile. For anyone who wants to get saved, doesn't matter who you are. And you know, God's able to work all things around still for our good. You know, you won't catch God off guard. God's always a step ahead. He's not one like you know what I mean, but he's, he's always a step ahead. Now they would have missed out, the Jewish people, if they would have understood their time. They would have missed out on the, the Romans coming in, in 70 AD. They would have missed out on the Holocaust and all of those things. They would have missed out on the present day persecution of the Jewish people. I mean, the Jewish people are persecuted. They're hated. Even in Ireland. Even in Ireland you see the hatred towards the Jewish people. And you know what? I don't understand everything that would do with politics and all. I don't approve of everything that, that the, the, 
The government does over there in Stansford is a very liberal government in, in, um, in Jerusalem at the minute. But you know what? Here's the reality of it. They're, they're God's people in the earth as in physically. And thank God Jesus came through that. And we're saved because of Jesus. Amen. I don't understand politics and all the rest of it. I don't read up on stuff like that. It just bogs me down so it doesn't, it's a distraction for me. I just stick with doing what I do. There's other people that are better at talking about those things than me. But I know this, the Jewish people are hated and it's rising in our generation. But you know that the climax of that is in the Battle of Armageddon with the Antichrist. And I'm telling you, he's going to gather people to try and annihilate um, the Jewish people. But who, I'm telling you, Jesus is going to burst through. Amen. Amen. And I tell you, the Antichrist is no match for Jesus. Amen. You can read about that in the book of Revelations and other places. But you know what? They missed their opportunity. They missed it. Now, you, if, if you understand your Bible, there is a prophecy. I'm not going back and looking at it today. But in Daniel chapter 9, there is a prophecy called Daniel's 70-week prophecy. And um, if you understand that prophecy, right on, on, on the very day where it said to Messiah the Prince... Historians have looked at that. It was the very day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the donkey. Yeah. And if they would have knew the scriptures, yeah. they would have known this was the Messiah. If they would have knew the scriptures, instead of rejecting John the Baptist, they would have knew this is the Messiah because John pointed him out. Yeah. They knew, see, the, Jews, the Jewish leaders wouldn't even answer the question when Jesus would say, it's John of God. They couldn't answer the question because it would have caused a row. Because there was so many people accepted John. But if they had a new John, he's saying, there's the Messiah. There's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. God told him, the one that you see the Holy Ghost coming upon like a dove and lighting on him and remaining with him. That's him. And one day it happened and John goes, the Messiah pointed him out. But the people rejected. You know what? Jealousy many times. Because John's getting a crowd and they're not. Jealousy. And then they didn't even say it when Jesus came in. They, were, they didn't rejoice with the people, the leaders. The people rejoiced. Hosanna, the song. And they rejected Jesus. You see, they, they totally, bluntly rejected him. But you know, if they had a new Daniel 70 week prophecy where it said it would be 69 weeks in that prophecy, going through all of the, the thing that was, the, it said from the build, rebuilding of the walls to Messiah the Prince would be 69 weeks. If you look at that, you add up the numbers, which was 400, actually it was weeks of years. Not a week of, a, of days, weeks of years. It was actually from that point where the walls would be rebuilt, it was 483 years to the day that Jesus comes into Jerusalem on a donkey. That's why the Bible says, this is the day that the Lord has made, and they missed their day. They missed their opportunity. Absolutely missed it. Now, the reason I'm saying about the bus and all of that, because, see, when they missed the bus, look at the hardship that they went through. Just like me that night, I missed the bus and I was in running home in the winter, freezing, you know, overweight. I'm not politically correct, okay? I mean, I was fat, okay? 
I mean, when I ran, everything jiggled for about a half an hour after I stopped. It was still going. <laughs> I was like a jelly, you know what I mean? <laughs> when is this thing ever going to set? <laughs> I came over here. My mom said, have you been running? Yeah, I've been running. You're jiggling. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. But you know what? The, the, you look at that. What, when they missed that opportunity and then said, his blood be upon us. Horrible, horrible what the, those people have faced yes. since that moment. But you know what? They are going to get an opportunity, but it's took, taken a long time. And when he comes the next time, they're going to recognize them. They're going to see the, the nails in his hands and they're going to receive him. But Jesus wept because he knew what was ahead of them because they missed their day. They missed their opportunity. Let me tell you, don't miss your opportunities in God. You don't want to live your life, you know what, knowing that you had something else for your life to do. That'd be torture for me to even think that, God, you have something for me and I'm not doing it. You know, it's not scary. People that give me nightmares or anything like that. That's what, that's what give me nightmares. And then thinking about me running, that gives me more. <laughs> Now the word here for visitation actually talks about, you know, uh, like a bishopric. You know, like a, you're all, an office. Yeah. Um, like a superintendent. Yeah. And you know what, it's letting you know here, like uh, from this here, your visitation, your call. Yeah. Don't miss your call. Yeah. Don't miss doing what you're meant to be doing. Do you know what, there's, there's, there's different seasons, okay? There's preparation time. You know when you're in preparation time in God? Don't miss it. Be preparing. There's times when you step into things. Don't miss those opportunities. You know, I often say the first time I preached, absolute disaster. A disaster. I didn't even last five minutes. Some of you are hoping I'd go back to those days. <laughs> but I started, I, I told the story loads of times. I started preaching and my mouth got that dry. That my gum at my front. I'm talking to everybody like this here. <laughs> And I kept pulling it down, but it would go back up. And then my head started playing games with me, and I got so embarrassed and everything. And I mean, I was a total failure. But thank God for my old pastor at the time, Pastor Joe Corey. He came up to me and said, he knew I messed up big time. But he came up and he said to me, Paul, you did great, and you'll get another opportunity. Boy, my heart just fluttered when he said that, because I, I, had, I felt I'd embarrassed him. But you know, he was smart enough to put me up the minister, but then he was already prepared because he probably knew it wasn't going to last very long. And as soon as he, as soon as he finished, he came and said, praise God for Paul. That was awesome, Paul. Amen, amen. It was not awesome. But I mean, he just took off because he is such a great encourager, so he was. But it took me opportunity and I failed. But you know what? I got another one. Why? Because of a call. You have to take your opportunities with the call of God upon your life or you may not be to preach your, your, your opportunities may be in other fields your, you may, it may be in your job amen whatever it is take your opportunities praise God here was the thing about the, the, the leaders at this time Jesus said then you the natural signs they had their finger on the pulse on the natural things this is more our Matthew 16 and verse 1 it says it says here that the Pharisees also and the Sadducees came and, and tempting desiring that he would show them a sign from heaven. And he answered and said unto them, 
When it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. You know, it's like red sky at night, shepherd's delight. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red with lowering. It says, ye hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the, the times. You don't know your time. You have the clue what time it is. They missed their opportunity. They didn't know this was the greatest day for them, and they missed it. They understood when physical things shift, but they hadn't got a clue of spiritual things shifted. They didn't sense it. Donna keeps me going all the time, me and a, and a, 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 fr- a friend of ours, because uh, we're always saying, you know what, it's going to rain. I say, why do you know it's going to rain or it's going to thunder? I can sense it in my head. Well, I looked it up and I found out that it was a thing. Yeah. But I didn't know that because she keeps me going about it, so she doesn't. We keep each other, we're always keeping each other going, unfortunately, about everything. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, Joe's nodding her head. She, she can testify to that, can't you, Joe? <laughs> but you can feel the pressure, and they say it's, it's when that pressure's happening, it's affecting the chemicals in your brain and your nervous system. And so, look, she's, <laughs> she's laughing at that. But you know what it is? It's a natural shift in the atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> People like me <laughs> pick up on it. You say, oh, it's going to thunder. Or it's, you know what? I can feel that pressure in the atmosphere. Especially when you're driving up high ground. You can feel it in your head. But you know what, what, what Jesus is telling these guys is your finger is on the pulse in natural things. You know everything that's happening naturally. But you haven't got a clue what day it really is. You don't have a clue what time it really is. That's what he's saying. Yeah. And what do you know everything is happening? Let me put it this way. In current affairs. You know, there's people can tell you everything that's happening in the world today. They can tell you all about Johnny Dab's case and your, your one and all of the stuff that's going on. Tell you every detail about it. You know, they, they can tell you about Biden. They can tell you about Trump. They can tell you about Elon Musk. They can tell you about everything. And you know what? To the degree, I like to have a wee look and see what's happening. But I mean, there's people can tell you everything. They know every detail. They know what's happening in England. They know what's happening in Ireland. They know what's happening everywhere. Boys, they know what's happening boy, in the back of beyond. Because they have their finger on the pulse and everything. During the coronavirus, boy, they had, they had taxes coming to them 24 hours a day. Every minute they had an update and an all update because they had their finger on the pulse of what's happening now. Isn't it amazing how all of that was right in our face and now you're looking around, it's changed. But you see, if, you, if your life is based on, you know, wetting your finger to see what the temperature's like or to see what way the wind's blowing in the world, that's the way you live your life based on what's happening out there. You know, the Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes, if you observe the wind, you won't sow. If you observe the weather, you won't won't take your opportunities. Because you're looking at the weather to determine instead of being like Isaac. And God said, sow in a famine. See, if if Isaac would have went, God, you know, no, this isn't the right time. God said, you sow, you just look, I'll take care of the rain. You just keep sowing. See, Isaac knew what day it was, what time it was for him, and he took his opportunity. Another verse that goes along with that is in Luke 12, just saying the same thing again. Luke 12 and verse 54. It says here, And he said also to the people, When you see a cloud rise out of the east, 
Straightway you say, there comes a shower. And so it is. See, look, I have scripture for this, Donna. You see it? <laughs> when you feel the pressure and the atmosphere changing, <laughs> there's a shower on the way. No, and then it says here, verse 55, And when you see the south wind blow, you say, There will be heat. And look at this, and it comes to pass. So they understand the natural things. And then he said, you hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth. You see, at all natural things. But how is it that you do not discern this time? Are you missing this opportunity? Are you not seeing it? And the reason being is because they were naturally minded. They were carnal minded. And they weren't plugged into what God was doing. We need to be plugged into what God is doing. Amen. Now, there's several people who just throw us out. Just I want to get to a verse here in a moment. But you know what? You think of Judas. Look at the opportunity that Judas had. Now, again, with Judas, God knows all things. He knew what he would do. But Judas still made those decisions. Judas gave up. His opportunity because he was money-minded. That was, that was Judas's problem. You see, for all of us, we all have different things that pull on us. We all have a flesh. You know what, what, what is a temptation for one person may not be for someone else. We all have strengths and weaknesses. That's why sometimes when people, you know, um, pr preach, when people preach, get off of the word and start preaching their own convictions... They usually preach out of their strengths, not out of their weaknesses. Yeah. You understand? But here's the reality of it. We all have strengths and weaknesses. That's why we all need God. Amen. And there's no such a thing as good flesh. That's right. It's stinking. It's all stinks. Mm -hmm. It all stinks. But you know how you deal with flesh? Just like in the natural, you have to wash it. Yeah. Wash your flesh keeps the stink away. Do you know when the, and when spiritually, do you know what you do? You apply the word to your life and it keeps the flesh under. By the spirit, you're able to, by the word and the spirit, you're able to bring the, the flesh under. The only way you can overcome the flesh is by the spirit. You can't do it any other way. Sometimes people misunderstand you when you talk about things like grace and things like that because they think you're saying it's a license of sin. It's not. You need grace. You need the grace of God by the spirit of God through the word of God to change you. The Bible says the grace of God that brings salvation, it teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. Grace is actually the answer to sin. Yeah. You see, and the Holy Ghost, he's the spirit of grace. He administers it. Yeah. And so you need the Holy Ghost. That's why the Bible doesn't say just put down your flesh. It says walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Some people think if I keep my flesh down, then I'm in the spirit. No, that's not what it's talking about. So some people just get into willpower and they just try through self-discipline to put their flesh down. That doesn't work. No, the answer is walk in the spirit. When you walk in the spirit, there's actually a, a, a release of power from you, from the Holy Ghost through you, I should say, to enable you to actually put the flesh down. But you see, once you come out from walking underneath the influence of the Holy Ghost, you're back to We all have flesh. And that flesh stinks. Yeah. And that flesh is capable of doing things. But I tell you, you see, when you stay underneath the Word and Spirit, the Holy Ghost gives you um, the influence to actually put that flesh down. So you're doing it in His strength. Yeah. 
But it's when you walk in, that's how it's worded there, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So people try to deal with the flesh. They're dealing with the fruit. No, come to the root and walk in the Spirit. When you walk in the Spirit, it, actually the Holy Ghost gives you the ability. And actually you end, up, you end up being like, it's like organically being set free from things. Because you stay full of the Word. That's why church is so important. That's why sitting under the Word is so important. That's why getting the Word in. Meditate, let the Word of God produce life in you. There's no, there's no quick fix kind of a thing for the flesh. Now sometimes you can have you can have you can be prayed for, and I always put it like it's like shaking the apple tree, and the, ap the apples will fall off the tree. But the apple tree is still there, and unless you deal with it, it's going to come back again. You understand? Yeah. That's just the way it is. Let me tell you, our flesh, you can't cast the flesh out. Is the point? You can't cast the flesh out. We, you can't, there's only one way to cast the flesh out. That's to kill you. So as long as you're alive, you're going to have a flesh. And not, and not, that's why it's so important to know who you are. You are not your flesh. See, if you take your identity from your flesh, you'll take it from the weakness instead of taking your identity from who you are in Christ. And realizing all of these things are just, I, I'm still in a physical body. I still have a mind that needs to constantly be renewed, but my spirit is born again. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus, and in my spirit I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. So when you have wrong thoughts try to come against you, don't think all the time there's something wrong with you. Just realize that you have a flesh. Now, if you're feeding your flesh, you're going to have a ton of wrong things, and that's different, okay? But I'm just talking about, and all of us, you know what? None of us are perfect in here this morning. We need to be under the influence of the Holy Ghost because as long as you stay under the influence of the Holy Ghost, it's like you keep the... the walk from the door. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> I, I always think of like... Um, it's the same thing. I think of, I think of uh, what do you call it? Banner out of the Hulk. Yeah. You know, the, the green's trying to come out. But as long as you... As long as you stay under the, the, the Word and the Spirit... You have strength to put things down that used to absolutely control you. But your flesh is still there. It'll be there to the day you die. And when we die, our spirit and soul will go to be with God. And you'll know him then as even as you're known. But one day we'll have a glorified body with no flesh. Can you imagine what that's going to be like? It's going to be amazing. But until that, we have the Holy Ghost. We have the new creature. And I'll tell you, and you can keep the Hulk at bay. Amen. <laughs> Judas missed his opportunity because of money. Yeah, I, what, I was, oh, what I was saying there is there's different distractions for all of us. His was money. Boy, so what was that like for him? What's it still like for him? Because Judas is in hell. Bible tells us that and he's He's living. Do you know Balaam sold out because of money as well? It's not worth it. At the time it may have been a big attraction, but for them now it's all gone. Do you know what you have to have in your life a no for sale sign? See in your call, heaven is not for sale. No matter what price. I, I've had over the years, I've had people try to buy me over the years. Don will tell you, we've had people try to buy us. But I have this mentality, I am not for sale. 
I'm not for sale. Because I've had people try to buy me or buy me a faction or butter me up or try to do all of those things. But you see, my call for me is precious. There's only one time you get to do it and that is now. So if you miss your opportunity in life, you know what, you've missed it. But you know what, thank God through life if you miss it, there's, there's another bus that's going to come by at some stage. Thank God when it comes by quickly. But what I'm saying is don't miss your opportunity. Demas is another man, you'll see us here in Titus, or not Titus, 2 Timothy um, 4 and verse 9. And 10, verse 9 and 10, it talks about this man Demas. This was a man who walked with Paul. And the Bible says he left his call because he loved this present world. He was, he was just caught up with worldly things. Now, we don't know what they are, but you know what? It can just be natural things or it could be carnal things. But you know what? It just got too hard for him that he was willing to sell out his call. He missed his visitation and he sold out. There's another man called John Mark. He missed it. He left Paul and done a runner. And he went back to Jerusalem, back to his mommy's house. The Bible lets us know. But later on, he got back on the bus and went after the call of God upon his life. And he, he became a, um, a disciple uh, under the influence of um, Peter. And, um, and then later, Paul said, send me John Mark because he's profitable for me for the ministry. Do you know what? If you've missed your opportunities in God, it's not the end. Just, just to say that you're not missing the bus the next time it comes around again. It's not the end. I'm telling you, God's a wonderful God. He's a wonderful God of love and mercy. It's not over. But just make your mind up. You're not going to miss it the next time it comes around again. Amen. Now, I want to finish. I want to look at a verse here. Over in um, First Chronicles. And I'll finish with this this morning. Praise God. There's other things that we can look at again at this. But I just want to just hit this out here and just finish on this verse today. But I'm telling you, make your mind up that you are not going to miss your opportunity. This is our day. Yeah. This is it. The Bible's very clear. It lets us know what it's going to be like in the end days. And yet, if you're looking out there, you'll get discouraged. But I'm telling you, when you look in this world, you'll be very encouraged. Yeah. You won't be discouraged when you look and see. The Bible says there'll be perilous times comes. There'll be hard times. People will walk away. There'll be people will be lovers of themselves and all of those kind of things. You know what? We, we don't need to be looking and saying, what time is it? What? This is the end times. Praise God. That's the way we need to be thinking. This is our opportunity. But you'll only be like that if you have your finger on the pulse of the spiritual arena on the Holy Ghost. If your finger is on the pulse there. See if your fingers are out there looking to the news all the time. What's happening? What's happening? People go to the news to see what's happening. You want to really know what's happening? Go and pray. Go and open your word. Go and spend time with God. You will not miss your opportunity. You won't be like me standing at the wrong side of the road, missing the bus going past and having to run home in the freezing cold because I missed my opportunity because I was in the wrong place. Amen. And you know the thing about it was it was so close where I could see it go right by. 
and all the fat within me screamed. <laughs> First Chronicles 12, and we'll finish with this this morning. Look what it says here. Look at um, in verse 31. And what's happening here is talking about all of the people who aligned themselves with David to be put into being king. Okay, and if you read through a chapter, you see all of the people that aligned themselves with David. And in verse 31, it says, In the half-tribe of Manasseh, 18,000, which were expressed by name, and here's the point I'm bringing out of that, to come and make David king. Okay, so this was the time to make David king. Okay, the Jewish people at the time when Jesus came, they missed their king. Yes, exactly. But these people didn't. Okay, thank God in the future we know through the scriptures that Jesus will be king. Amen. And rule and reign. Now we already say he's king, but he's not in that position at the minute. He's in the position of high priest. He is king. Okay. But he's not in that position. Just like David was king, anointed king, but he wasn't in the position. Now he's being put in the position. Look what it says here. Verse 32. And of the children of Issachar, which were men, look at this, that had understanding of the times. Look at that. To know what Israel ought to do. To know what should be done right now. The heads of them were 2,000. These are 2,000 leaders that were over people. I'm telling you, it's so important for leaders to be hearing from God. It's not about being trendy. It's not about being modern. It's not about pleasing this world. It's not about living to please the world, to be in ministry. Now, that doesn't mean to say that you can't dress nice and you can't have, you know, modern things that we need to go back to the Stone Age and start using candles again in church. That's not what it's saying. But it's saying that we are not like the world as in our attitudes and we're not living and watering everything down so we don't offend anybody in our generation. Let me tell you, the cross is offensive. The word is offensive. Let me tell you, just saying in our generation that you believe what the Bible says, in the beginning God made man and woman. You say that in our generation, you're a hater. You don't understand. Let me tell you, I can't keep up with how many genders there is out there. I'm sticking with the word. That is offensive. That doesn't mean to say I don't love all of the people who believe whatever they believe. But I can't get away from the word. I'm sticking with the word. And I'll tell you what, I brought my kids up to think that way as well. And I didn't sit and drum. Thing. I just taught the word. And you know when any time they get questions and things come up, they ask and I, I tell them what the word says. It's offensive today that you, to say that you believe that marriage is a, as a man and a woman. Yeah. That's offensive today. But it's, they're not offended at me. They're offended at the word. I'm, I'm not teaching anything apart from what the word says. I don't, this isn't my thing that I've come up with. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. But that's offensive in our generation. You see, if you start watering things down, after a while we don't even know what we believe. And the people coming up after us don't know what they believe because we're too busy at the front pleasing the world that we're afraid to preach what the Word says. Because it might offend someone. Well, here I found out this. God can heal your offense. See, he healed a lot of mine. 
But you know what? They did not miss their opportunity is what I'm saying this morning. Amen? They didn't miss it. Let me tell you, wherever you're at today, wherever age you're at today as well, if you're a teenager, don't miss your opportunity. You only get once to be a teenager. If you're in your 20s like me, <laughs> yeah, there's a whole load of us in here, uh, all liars in church this morning. But you know what, if you're, if you're in your 20s, you know, don't miss your opportunity. If you're single, don't miss your opportunity. If you're just married, don't miss an opportunity. If you're married at a certain level, your kids are at a certain level, don't miss your opportunity. If, you're, if you've got more time to yourself now, don't miss your opportunity. If you're retired, don't miss your opportunity. Don't miss your hour. Know what time you're in as far as your age bracket and those things as well. But I'm telling you, more importantly, know what time you're in in God. Amen. Amen. Know what time you're in and don't miss your opportunity. Jesus said to the people of his day, the leaders of his day, he told them, you can discern the skies, you can know all the natural things, but you don't have a clue. You don't know the time that you're in. But the, the children of Issachar, then you. Do you know why they knew? Because they had their finger on the pulse of the move of God. They knew it wasn't time before to put David, to force David into the position of king. But they knew right now this is the time. This is the time. Amen. Let me tell you, this is the time. I'm telling you that. This is the time. This is not the time to be running from God. This is the time to be spending more time with God. This is not the time to be saying, oh, did you hear all of these things that are happening in the church world? I couldn't care less about all of these things. No, my responsibility is to pray for the people that's involved. Yeah. And anything that's happening in the church world at this present moment in time, and there, there's going to be people that'll leave the church world at this time. They'll be like Demas and all of that. But Paul still kept going forward and finished his course. Do you know why? Because Paul wasn't looking to Demas to determine where he was going. Paul was finishing his course. And Demas, you want to come with me? That's good. But if you don't, you can go that way. But I'm finishing my course. You have to have that mentality. That's how the children of Issachar, that's how they operated. And that's how we're to operate in our generation. See, if you look to people, you'll be offended now at this time. People have walked away. I'm telling you, the, the, the rate that pastors are leaving the pulpit in, over these last two years is incredible. It is absolutely incredible. But you don't have to walk away. You don't have to be a Demas. You can be a Paul. You can be a, one of the children of Issachar and say, you know what? Things are going to happen in the move of God. People are going to come and go, but I'm telling you, I'm looking unto Jesus, the author, and the finisher of my faith, and I'm going to finish my course. Look, two years ago, before the lockdown started, one of the first messages I taught when you were teaching from the house and all of those kind of things, I taught that in the next two years, or they didn't say the next two years, when we come out of this, because I didn't know how long it was going to be, I says going into this and coming out of it is going to be different. And I wasn't speaking that, I was speaking that prophetically, I knew that. Going into it and coming out of it is going to be different. There's people who are going to come into this and they're not going to come out the other side. There's other people who are going to rise up during this and going to get turned on to God. But it's your choice what you want to be. You can either get turned on for God at this time. or you, If you put your finger to that world out there, it'll zap all the life out of you. It's such a draw. You can't overcome that world without coming to church. And I'm not saying you, it's, it's what you get in church, okay? It's the Word. People who stay away from God, I'm telling you, they're not getting the energy that they need because you need the Word to strengthen you to go out there every week. 
It'll pull on you. There's a pull in that world. You need church. You need the word. Amen. You need it. Absolutely. And I'll show the next time that I, I get the opportunity to minister, I'll show, show that. That you need it. Because if you want to be right in your time and do what God's called you to do, you cannot look out there for your thermometer of what you can and cannot do. Out there is our mission field. They don't set the temperature for our lives. The Holy Ghost sets the temperature for our lives. Amen. We need to be like Elijah and be able to say, I hear the sound of abundance of rain when there's no sign of rain. You understand? I hear the sound of the move of God and there's nothing happening out there. But what was Elijah doing? He was staying in prayer. Why? That's how you know what God's doing. You are on the pulse of God. And so then you look out and you say, there's a cloud the size of a man's hand. Praise God. People are going, where, what move of God are you talking about? I'm, telling you, I'm not looking out there for the sound. I have the sound in here. Amen. And I'm telling you, anybody that gets plugged into God now, they're going to get a sound in here. And you know what it's like? It's like an alarm going off on the inside of you that lets you know it's time. This is our time. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So let's take it. Amen. Let's get more excited than we've ever been. I don't mean flash excited. Oh, I'm going to get excited. I'm going to psych myself. I'm not interested in psyching myself. No, you get excited in God, you go deeper into Him. Amen. You go deeper into Him. Come down with me, as we said earlier. That's the answer. Praise God. Amen. Lord, we love you. Praise God. Lord, we just thank you, Lord God, that we are after you, Lord God. Lord, our hearts are after you. And Lord, I just thank you, Lord God, that we will not miss what you have for us. I thank you that you minister to each one of us, Lord God. I thank you we are a people that are hungry. We're a people, Lord God, that are not backing off, Lord. We're a people that are going deeper into you, Lord. Lord, I just thank you. Thank you, Lord God. This is our opportunity. This is the opportunity for the church, the body of Christ. When it gets dark, it's time for the light to shine. And I thank you, Lord God, that we will shine your love and shine your grace and shine your gospel and shine your freedom. Lord God, at this time, Lord God, and I thank you, Lord God, that you use us in the move of God. Lord, we position our lives for you. Lord, we give you glory and honor in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.